Welcome to CUCC's Sermons for Everyone. No matter who you are or where you find yourself on life's journey, we're glad you've tuned in, and we hope you find meaning in this week's sermon. This morning, I, uh, I begin with a question. And whoever shouts out the answer first wins a beautiful CUCC Christmas ornament, okay? Which means you're gonna have to shout it out loud enough for me to hear it. All right, the question is, what is the final word spoken at nearly every CUCC service? Peace. I heard it over here, I heard it everywhere. Dan Sikora. That's right. It's a trick question, right? After the final hallelujah, I always say, go in peace. Find me after the service and you can claim your prize. (laughs) The final word to every service is peace. And directly before the final hallelujah, I always say, and on you, God's favor rests. Now you see those These phrases sound nice and and they certainly fit the timing of that moment, but but they're both so much more to that than me. There's a a beautiful scene in the Christmas story. I'm sure you can recall it. The shepherds are in their field keeping watch over their flock by night. First an angel of the Lord appears to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And then things get even more exciting as an entire heavenly host appears with the angel. And we can do this again. Does does anybody remember what the heavenly host said? If you get close, I got another ornament. Anybody, what'd the heavenly host say? I hear a bunch of people getting close. Carol, this one's yours. Glory to God in the highest heavens and on earth, peace on those whom God's favor rests. The angel's final words at the Christmas proclamation, peace to those on whom God's favor rests. I've, I've always thought that was a beautiful way to send the shepherds on their Christmas journey and likewise a beautiful way for for us to walk out into our weeks. It's a reminder that God is with you, that God's favor, God's blessing, God's abundance goes with you, and and ultimately that God wants peace for you. Peace on the second Sunday of Advent and, and on every Sunday to come. Peace in English. A peace is often defined as freedom from disturbance, right, or, or the absence of conflict. And while there's nothing wrong with that definition, I've come to believe that a biblical understanding of peace contains many more layers than that. You likely already know the Hebrew word for peace. It's shalom. And shalom comes up over 250 times in the Old Testament, and there's more written on shalom than I could ever manage to read, let alone convey in a single 
sermon, but, but at its core, shalom is a relational term centered on the idea of wholeness and health. Shalom or peace is whole and healthy relationships. It's whole and healthy relationships with each other. It's whole and healthy relationships with the divine, with all of creation, the physical world, and, and it's whole and healthy relationships with, with ourselves. It's the ideal. It's the way things were meant to be. It's, it's a return to the original order, the original goodness that is in everything. And so when the heavenly hosts and these angels proclaim peace on earth, peace to those on whom God's favor rests, it's a, it's a statement about God's desire for things to be made right, for relationships to be made whole again, for people to find healing within themselves. And since we know how this story plays out, we also know that it's a, it's a foreshadowing to Jesus, the, the one who will show the world what true peace looks like, how to pursue it. Friends, I think the world needs a little more peace. I know I do. A little more wholeness, health, everything in its right place. The idea just takes a weight off my shoulders. Now, from my experience, peace isn't something you can think your way into. Peace is, it's felt, it's experienced, it's enjoyed. And so, instead of talking about peace for the next 10 minutes, I've decided I'd rather try to help you experience some peace. I want to help you experience a a moment of, of goodness, a moment of stillness. And so, for the next few minutes, I'm going to lead you through a guided meditation. As some of you might practice a form of meditation regularly and and already know the benefits, others may have never been exposed to meditation at all. Still, others of you might think it's just something millennials do on their lunch break because they can't handle real-world pressures. Whatever your experience has been, I encourage you to let down your walls your uh, assumptions and try something new. I encourage you to, to take the next couple of minutes as a gift. Essentially what we're doing here is creating a moment of awareness and stillness in which we might experience ourselves, our inner thoughts, maybe even God. You begin by getting comfortable You're all in pews, so you don't have too many options. If you're courageous, you're welcome to uh, find an empty pew and lay down even, or an aisle, but get comfortable. Try not to cross your legs or fold your arms. Let everything relax. I'd encourage you to close your eyes, but if you're not comfortable with that, just try to look off into space. Try not to let your eyes distract you too much. Allow yourself time to, to quiet your thoughts. Thoughts about the things you need to do. Thoughts about how weird this sermon is. 
You don't need to fight your thoughts. Just allow space for the chatter to slow down. Begin to enter into the quiet stillness. Recognize that you have the gift of a couple minutes with nothing required of you but to rest, to breathe, to be still, and to experience the divine presence that's in this room that's, that's already within you. Notice the rise and fall of each breath. There's no need to control your breathing. You don't have to take extra deep breaths. Just breathe naturally. And it's so good to pause and marvel at how refreshing the breath of life is. Become aware of the wonder and mystery of life that is in you, that's in everyone. Our faith tradition offers two words for spirit. In Hebrew, it's ruach. In Greek, it's pneuma. Both simply mean breath. The spirit of God the breath of life, it's everywhere. It's within you, filling you, empowering you. The Spirit of God is in this room. It's closer to us than even the air we breathe. Even amidst the stillness, thoughts, concerns, or distractions may pop into our mind. It's okay. It's completely natural. We've been created as thoughtful beings. Our, our minds have such incredible capacity to imagine, to dream, to even create for ourselves. Give thanks for the way that you've been fearfully and wonderfully made. Try not to fight or banish your thoughts. But instead, without judgment or guilt, simply be aware that you're thinking them. Offer them to God. You can always return to them later. and then slowly return back to stillness. Marvel at the joy of every breath.
we now go deeper into the stillness as we seek to experience God. The words of the psalmist guide us this morning. Be still and know that I am God. We use these words as a mantra, as a rhythm to our breathing. As we breathe in, we say in our mind, be still. As we breathe out, we say, and know. And as we breathe back in, we say that you, and as we breathe out, are God. Be still and know that you are God. Be still and know that you are God. Let this mantra guide your mind and your breathing as we all embrace the stillness of God. Take this moment to refill, to recenter, to align yourself. Even in the hustle and bustle of life, the ups and downs of life, it is possible to be still and know that you are God. At this point, music will continue to play, even as the bell choir begins to play. You're welcome to remain in the stillness of this moment with your eyes closed. You can also use this moment to slowly open your eyes and re-enter this space. However you choose to re-enter the world, do so carrying the peace of God with you, knowing that the breath of life, that the spirit is already within you. <laughs> 